welcome everybody to all of our campuses on a chilly 12 degree below zero morning. If you made it to one of our campuses today in church, uh, there's a special place in heaven for you. You risked your life. You risked your kid's life. Way to go. I mean, you made it to church. I'm just so proud of all of you. Also want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. If you are in a warm place, we hate you just a little bit, but we're glad you're with us today. Uh, a couple of things before we dive into the message. Uh, most of you know we've been trying to raise $25 million to put a permanent campus out there in YZ. I was out in YZ last weekend. Man, a phenomenal congregation growing there. And so we're, we're making progress on that. But I've got some other fantastic news. And we've kind of been withholding this from you because we wanted to make sure the message got out about our initiative with YZ. But finally, we've been dreaming about putting a campus in the South Metro, and it's going to happen. Uh, Eagle Brook Church, Lakeville South Campus High School, opening April 14th. This is an incredible development. Again, we've been, we've been talking about this, praying about this for a very long time. Hundreds of families come from the Lakeville area, South Metro, to join one of us on the northern end here. By the way, the money that is required to open this campus at Lakeville is $2 million. That's what it always requires to, for us to open in a school for staff, rent, and to uh, improve their infrastructure, their lighting and sound and so forth. All of that money, the $2 million, comes from general fund giving. Those of you who tithe and give, I'm so proud of you for doing that. This is what your money goes to, reaching people in the South Metro, and there are a bunch of sinners down there. They need to be reached, so uh, just way to go. Those of you who give and contribute to our church, uh, just couldn't do it without you. And those who aren't giving, come on. Get on board with what God is doing. That's just my gentle challenge to you today. So uh, today is the last message in our series called Imperfect Together because I don't know if you've noticed this. We're all imperfect. Nobody's imperfect. No one's perfect. That's important to know because if you are looking for a perfect roommate, spouse, or friend, you'll be looking for a very long time. If you are looking for perfection, You'll bounce from friend to friend, job to job, spouse to spouse, because those people do not exist. Perfect people. The best relationships, I'm telling you, are not perfect. They are imperfect together. Today's message is called Build Character because this is what I believe to the core of my being. You have got to have character to build great relationships. And by character, I mean honesty, integrity, and trust. You simply can't have thriving relationships with someone who is dishonest, lacks integrity, and can't be trusted. So several summers ago, uh, I spent a few weeks near Bayfield, Wisconsin, writing a book, and it was near some of the best trout fishing along Lake Superior Shore there. And the first day was a really long day of riding. So toward evening, I had this unstoppable urge to go fishing on the Cranberry River. The only problem was I didn't have my Wisconsin license yet, but I had this urge to go fishing. It's the same urge I get every single night for a brownie with vanilla ice cream. It's almost unstoppable. You got to do it. The stream was less than a mile from where I was uh, staying, but the only place to get a fishing license was eight miles the other way at the Fish Lips Bar in Cornucopia, Wisconsin. Fish Lips Bar, probably a 45-minute turnaround. I had planned to go into town the next day to get groceries and get my license then, so I thought, would the DNR really care 
If I made a few casts today, knowing they'd get my 60 bucks tomorrow. So I suppressed my guilty conscience, drove up the Cranberry River Road without a license, and the dirt road wound around, and then I looked down in the valley, and there it was, this beautiful trout stream. And I was mesmerized, but as I was driving and gazing at the river, I got too close to the ditch. And it had been raining a lot that spring, it was muddied by rain, and I slid off and I sunk my truck right up to the axles, hopelessly stuck, no cell phone. So I walked down this dirt road toward a small house, and these two, two big, enormous black dogs came running toward me, barking, teeth showing. And so I said, whoa, I said, nice doggies. And I slowly made my way up to the porch, and I looked through the rickety screen door of this house. I could see what looked to be a guy, his wife, and I'll just say it, a chain-smoking mother-in-law. That's what it looked like to me. The guy wore a long ponytail, cutoffs, no shoes. He had a couple of front teeth missing. And the, all three were watching NASCAR on this 60-inch flat-screen TV. It was a Sunday afternoon. Now, do you got the picture of this deal? I'm just telling you what it was like. Uh, when I explained my situation, the mother-in-law said in a raspy voice, good, some excitement. <laughs> Evidently, I was gonna be their entertainment for the next hour. And so Dennis, the guy, said, I have a truck out back, and if that don't work, <laughs> I've got a tractor. I said, man, that'd be great. So he backed up to my truck, hooked it up with chains. We slung mud all over the place, but he yanked me out of that hole and saved me about 100 bucks. I said, man, thanks, would you take a 20? Gave me a toothless grin and said, man, I'm always willing to take 20 bucks from somebody. <laughs> now that should have been enough to convince me to run into town, get my license, but open the back of my truck and as I was getting my gear ready, the three of them were walking away when the mother-in-law stopped, turned and looked right at me and said, do you have a fishing license? And I was stunned, because who does that? Why does she even care? And I said, well, I said, well, everybody needs a fishing license. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I thought, that's brilliant. Here you are, a Christian pastor who just deceived a chain-smoking, NASCAR-watching, redneck mother-in-law. And I don't know what it was, if it's I, as if I had sinned plenty, that I thought, you know, why not sin a little more? So I dropped down into the stream, stripped some, some line off my fly ride, made my first cast right into a low-hanging branch and lost my fly. So technically, I hadn't gone fishing yet. <laughs> so I tied on another fly, made a perfect cast, then another perfect cast. It was a perfect setting, perfect stream. And I wasn't enjoying a second of it. Then I lost a second fly, so at that point, you know, I, I'd sunk my truck, lost 20 bucks, deceived a redneck mother-in-law, lost two flies and caught no fish. And I thought, this just isn't right. And so I, I thought, I gotta make this right. So I drove, I left the stream, drove eight miles to the Fish Lips Bar handed the lady my credit card, and she said, well, there's a $5 charge if you buy this with your credit card. That's great. 
opened my wallet to pay cash. I had $57, $3 short of 60 bucks. So I'd sunk my truck, lost 20 bucks, deceived a redneck mother-in-law, lost two flies, caught no fish, and paid $65 for a $60 license. I mean, it just killed me. But with my license in hand, I drove back to the stream, dropped down into the river, and on the very first cast, I caught a 10-inch brook trout with gorgeous orange and red dots, and I stood there in the middle of the stream, and honestly, I felt the smile of God again. I caught seven more trout after that, let each one go and dart back into their hiding places for another day. And I tell you that story because I've thought a lot about character since that day. And here's what I've concluded. That a person of high character is honest, consistent, and can be trusted. A person of low character is dishonest, inconsistent, and can't be trusted. And that day I failed. And what suffers the most, I'm telling you, what suffers the most when someone is dishonest are relationships, because it's simply not possible to have low character and have good relationships. Gang, character is everything. So glad you're here today. So in the time we have left, I wanna show you three ways that we all can build character, and the first way is this. Be the same in private as you are in public. Be the same wherever you go. One of the questions we all ought to ask ourselves is who am I when nobody's looking? You ever thought of that? Who are you when nobody's looking? Because who you are when nobody's looking is who you really are. So are you honest and moral when nobody's looking? Or are you dishonest? and immoral, when you're alone on the internet, when nobody's looking, or alone in your room at home or in your office or some of the opposite sex, or traveling alone on business, who are you when nobody's looking? Because that's who you really are. Uh, many years ago, I was kind of on a mission endeavor to Brazil and we dropped down to Rio de Janeiro for a couple of days. And I watched two married middle-aged businessmen solicit a ring of prostitutes on Coca Cabana Beach. Their wives and employers weren't there to see it. But I'm telling you, who they were in that situation when nobody was watching is who they really were. Dishonest, immoral, headed for failure. Because if they can't be trusted in the most sacred area of life, marriage, how can they possibly be trusted in business and expense accounts? Their only hope is to come clean, confess their sins, find a relationship with Christ, and start living a life of integrity. Love this verse out of Proverbs 11:3. The integrity of the upright guides them. Love this. Person of integrity, they just they're guided by it, but the unfaithful are absolutely destroyed by their duplicity. Two key words here. First word is integrity. This word comes from the word integer. It's a math term. An integer is a whole number. 
One, two, three, ten. Those are whole numbers. They're not fractions. They're not part of a number. They're whole numbers so that when you have integrity, it means that you are a whole person. You don't tell part of the truth. You tell the whole truth every time. You don't tell half-truths. You tell all of the truth because you're the same person in private as you are in public. Of course, the opposite of being whole is being fractured. And this is the word duplicity. It means living a double, fractured kind of life. This person's private life doesn't match up with their public life because they're fractured. They're duplicitous. They have a double life going on. They tell half-truths. You never get the whole truth because they're a fractured person whose private life does not line up with their public life. And a dead giveaway, by the way, is this person is always trying to hide something and worried about being found out. So look at this verse again. The integrity of the upright just guides them through life, but the unfaithful are absolutely destroyed by their duplicity. Gang, some of you are just sailing through life and it's wonderful to see. I mean, your families are great, your relationships are strong, your jobs are good, your walk with God is solid. Life is good because you are a person of integrity, a person of character. Who you are in private lines up with who you are in public. And by the way, everybody knows it. Your kids know it, your friends know it, your spouse, your boss, and God knows it, that you're a person of integrity. But others of you, it's just the opposite. You know, your friendships are strained. Your marriage, if you're married, is on the edge. Your kids, if you have them, are in trouble. It's one disappointment after another, and the weird thing is, is you don't know why. Well, the Bible says why. Proverbs 4.19, some people don't even know what makes them stumble. I'm telling you the reason some people stumble through life is because they are leading a dishonest double life. God says people are destroyed by their duplicity. Maybe not right away. Sometimes it takes a while for things to unravel and you think you're getting away with it. So sometimes not right away, but eventually dishonest people get found out and they end up hurting their reputation, relationships, and career. So who are you when nobody's looking? David Horsehogger is a New York Times best-selling author, travels the world speaking on this topic of character. His clients range from Toyota, Verizon, FedEx, and the New York Yankees. And he says this, talent can take you to the top, but it's character that keeps you there. This is so true. So true. David's a Christian. He's a husband to his wife, Lisa, father of four kids. He's a personal friend of mine and a friend to our church, just a, a tremendous man of God. In his book, The Trust Edge, David tells about a time when he was just a little boy, 10 years old. He and his dad were working on their farm in north-central Minnesota where they grew up, and his dad just hated to see litter on the dirt roads. And they were heading home in their pickup truck when they saw some litter on the dirt road, so his dad stopped, and David knew to step out of the truck, pick, pick up the trash, 
and then drive away. But it was a Playboy magazine that his dad quickly kicked underneath the seat. David had heard his dad talk many times about how pornography degrades women and how it'll absolutely ruin your relationship, especially with women. And David writes these words. He says, my dad said nothing about the magazine that day, but later I was in the house and my dad was out by our shop working on his tractor. He says, for whatever reason, I just stopped and watched from our window. My dad had no idea that I was watching. He thought he was completely out of sight, all alone. David said, I watched my dad finish with the tractor, and then he walked over to the truck. And David said, I watched my daddy open up the truck door reached for that magazine and without looking at it, walked it over to the shop stove and threw it into the fire. David said that moment 40 years ago marked me for the rest of my life because I knew in that moment that who my dad was in private was the same man that he was in public. And I'm so grateful for the example that my daddy taught me at 10 years old. By the way, everybody here, everybody watching, listening online, joining us, that's the kind of dad all kids want. That's the kind of husband all wives want. It's the kind of boss all employees want, the kind of friend that all friends want, and it's what made David Horsehager the husband, dad, and success that he is today. Gang, I'm telling you, who you are when nobody's looking is who you are, and it will absolutely determine the outcomes of your life. Second way to build character is this. You build character in the small things. This is so important. So important. If you can be trusted in the small things, you will be trusted with the bigger things. But if you cannot be trusted in the smallest things in life, you will not be trusted in the bigger things. Jesus said it this way, those who are faithful in the small things will be entrusted with bigger things. And so several years ago, my, uh, when our kids were young, we went to McDonald's. And Laurie and I uh, rarely go there anymore, but we used to go a lot with the kids. And, and she and the kids found a place to sit while I went to the counter and ordered two Happy Meals, a quarter pounder with cheese for me, and a salad for my wife. And the total bill came for $7.50. This is a long time ago. Okay. I handed the lady a 20. So she grabbed some fives, a few ones, and a couple of quarters. I'd given her a $20 bill worth seven for food were $7.50, but when she was done giving me back my change, she placed in my hand five, no, four fives, three ones, and two quarters, and I thought, man, this is my kind of place. <laughs> you know, you buy $7.50 worth of food and you get $23.50 back. But what do you do? What do you do? Depends on your character. You know, I could plead ignorance. I'm not a good math guy. Just, well, whatever. 
I could try to save face for her. You know why I bring it up and embarrass her? I could view it as a blessing from God. I mean, I'm a good guy. It's God's way of, you know, whatever. Just walk away. I stood there with 2350 in my hand, and immediately I felt this battle in my spirit, and I have not always won this battle. But I turned to her and I quietly said, excuse me, ma'am, I think you gave me too much change. And I'm telling you, the look of gratitude on her face was worth the whole thing. But what happened inside me was I felt my character get a little bit stronger because isn't this true? When you practice honesty in the little things, you build your character muscle to be honest in the bigger things. But if you practice dishonesty in the little things, you weaken your character muscle and are more likely to be dishonest in the big things. And I've heard people say to me, Bob, I just can't help it. You know, I've tried to control my anger. I've tried to stop lying, stop over drinking, stop viewing internet porn, stop going to men's clubs, but I just can't help it. You know what? And I wanna be careful here. And I have empathy for that. But honestly, I just don't buy it. There is always something you can do. Take a step. Make a decision. Get some help from a counselor. There's always something you can do. People overcome their problems every single day. And you can too. Is it easy? It's never easy. But there is always something you can do. But if you make a decision today, start winning the small battles, step by step, little by little, your character will begin to change. So here's the question for every one of us, including me. What single one step can all of us take this week to build our character muscle just a little bit stronger? What can we all do? One little step to do that. Because you got to participate. Look at this verse God says in Romans. The Spirit of God will help you in your air of weakness. God will help you do this. But we got to show up and participate in the effort of building our character. Finally, you got to become self-aware, so important, of your character cracks. You know, the last person to see my character cracks is usually me. (laughs) Everybody else can see them. I'm usually the last one to notice my flaws. Again, Proverbs says it well. It says some people don't even know what makes them stumble. It's very difficult to be aware of my own character flaws. Um, But here's what people of high character do. They ask other people, hey, where, where could I improve? Where do I struggle? Where, where, you know, is there an issue in my life that I could do better at and overcome? And people of high character ask other people to weigh in. People of low character don't do that. What might it be for you today? Is it stealing? Is it lying? Is it laziness? Entitlement, you know, somebody owes me. Maybe it's just complaining all the time. I was on jury duty last week, 
you never want to be on jury duty, really. You know, I, and so I said, hey, I'm a pastor. You don't want me. You know, I believe in right and wrong. You don't want me. I'm telling you. <laughs> but I wound up on a four-day criminal trial. It was very disturbing, this case. Uh, the defendant was charged with four counts of assault, one count of aggravated assault on a six-month-old baby. The father of the child stormed into a hotel lobby, and we, 12 jurors, watched surveillance video of this guy grabbing this woman's hair by the back and throwing her to the ground. The baby was in her arms, and the baby cracked her skull, fractured her skull, and this guy just proceeded to beat this woman with a closed fist. And uh, the baby, by the way, this, is, this was last September. The baby's okay, we found out. A hotel clerk uh, tried to stop this guy. She got pummeled. A hotel guest tried to step in. He got assaulted. It's very violent. So for four days, we watched the video, we watched, we looked at photographs, heard testimony from eyewitnesses, three police officers, a trauma nurse, and a doctor from Children's Hospital. And I can tell you, the defendant was as defiant and unrepentant as could be. He showed no remorse, took no responsibility, because in his mind, everybody else in the room was the problem. The judge was the problem, we jurors were the problem, the clerk, eyewitnesses, lawyers, officers, physicians, the mother of the child. We all were the problem, not his violence, not his lengthy rap sheet, not his fathering of multiple children with different women, not, not his assaults on a woman holding his six-month baby whose skull was fractured. He wasn't the problem, we all were the problem. And I was so bothered and so determined to do the right thing for this mom and for this baby and for the innocent bystanders and frankly for this man himself that I offered to be the foreman of the jury. Didn't want to do that. We found him guilty, but I, and I signed my name to all five charges, sending this guy to prison for up to three to six years. I took no pleasure in that. If he would have just said, look, I'm sorry, I snapped, I was angry, maybe he would have gotten some mercy in sentence, but gang, he was unaware of his character cracks because the deeper the cracks, the less aware we are of them. His flaws, flaws were so deep, so habitually, he actually thought he was right and everybody else was wrong. And now he's facing years of being cut off from his kids, family, friends, his freedom. He's isolated and alone because that's what bad character does. It ruins relationships. When we are unaware of our character cracks, it always hurts relationships. And if those cracks are never addressed, you end up alone. Maybe not in a physical prison, but in a prison of isolation and regret. So these past two weeks, I've been reading in my devotions the book of Daniel in the Bible. Great book. I encourage all of you to read it. Daniel was in captivity in, in a kind of a prison. 
But Daniel is a man of integrity and honesty, and he can be trusted. And so when the pagan king of Babylon, who had him in captivity, ordered everybody in the kingdom to follow the customs of their pagan gods, Daniel and his three friends refused to do it. They would not violate their integrity. They said, kill us if you want to, but we will never, ever serve your foreign gods. The king, King Belshazzar, threw a huge party one night for all his nobles, and and they drank wine from the sacred goblets that they had stolen from the Jewish temple, the temple that Daniel and his three friends used to worship in. But during this drunken fest, a mysterious hand of God appeared and wrote some inscription on a wall. And it was in a foreign language, and, and the king couldn't understand what it was. No one could interpret it. But Daniel knew how to interpret it, and so the king brought him up. He said, will you interpret this inscription? And this is the words of Daniel to this king. Daniel looked at this king, Belshazzar, and said, you have set yourself against the God of heaven. You drank from the sacred cups and praised the gods of silver and bronze, but you did not honor the God who holds your life in his hands. Therefore, God has numbered your days, O king, and brought them to an end. And the Bible says that very night, King Belshazzar was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom. And at the bottom of this passage in my Bible, I wrote these words, slowly, then suddenly. So true. Oftentimes we think, you know, no big deal. I can get away with this. We kind of live our lives, and, but slowly and surely, and then suddenly, something ends. Something breaks. You know, financial trouble isn't usually immediate. It usually happens slowly. Month after month, year after year of credit card debt, overspending. And then boom, suddenly you're in trouble. You know, marriage failure isn't usually immediate. It happens slowly. Month after month, year after year of neglect, verbal shots, not paying attention, and then boom, the divorce papers show up, and you're broken. People say to me, Bob, I never saw it coming. That's because relational ruin happens slowly, but then suddenly. You know, the young man I told you about got away with lying and stealing and abusing for years, just skating through life until last Thursday. Suddenly, the door slammed on his life and his relationships ended. But you know, it doesn't have to be that way. I love this verse out of Deuteronomy. God says, look, please do what's right. Live rightly so that so that life will go well for you do what's right I've told you so many times 
This is God's desire for your life. It's my desire for your life. Gang, I love you. I want your relationships to go well. God wants them to go well. And if you've blown it, and we all blow it in some way, start to rebuild today. It's not too late. Make a decision today. Take a step, because it's never too late to turn your life around. Give yourself time and grace, and the Spirit of God will help you. In your area of weakness, he will. You can do this. Start living rightly so that it'll go well for you. By the way, for those of you for whom life is, is going well, I just want to say way to go. Stand strong. Stay humble. Be the same person in private as you are in public. Win the small battles all the time. And be aware of your character cracks because, gang, everybody in your life is counting on you to be a person of character who doesn't waver. If you're a dad here, your son and daughter is counting on you to be a person of character who doesn't waver. If you're a mom, your kids are depending on you to live a life of integrity, the same person in private as you are in public. If you're a classmate of people, live rightly before your classmates. Be the only one to stand up and stay strong. Your classmates are counting on you to be a person of strength and character. Will you do it? There are so few people in this world that are people of character, and I'm so proud of those of you who are standing strong on God's truth. Way to go. I pray for you. I just thank you for being the kind of person you are. For those of you who have some real work to do, man, lean into it. Lean into it. Hope you've enjoyed this series. It's been good for me uh, to, you know, wade through this material. I always speak the messages to myself first. It's really a message to me. And if you want to listen in on occasion, that's, that's great. Hey, don't miss next series coming up. It's called Holy Wow. <laughs> Out of the book of John. John is a fantastic book. Begins next week. Holy Wow. You're not going to want to miss that. Let's stand for closing prayer at all of our campuses and those online join us as well. So God, thank you so much that you are a God of mercy and grace and patience because we all blow it. None of us are perfect. Some of us are standing here with just a, a sad heart over the brokenness and the wreckage in our life. And God, we need your healing and we need your help. But all of us drop the ball on occasion. So forgive us, renew us, strengthen us in spirit. And God, I pray that every single one of us today as we leave or as we're watching online will think about our character. Is there one step we could take this week to build our character muscle? God, I pray that we will all do that. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Great to be with all of you today. Have a great day, everybody.